0: What an amazing set of words. What a challenge. Because I don't know about you, sometimes I'm a bit of a pitiful spark and not a very good flame where people can see my faith in action. If we can, uh, Steve, get back to the PowerPoint. Actually, it's quite good. It's quite a good summary to remind us where we've been Right, who likes grapes? Okay, here's a quick straw poll. Uh, Who prefers green grapes? Ooh. Black grapes? couple. Red grapes? Ah. Uh, Who prefers the liquid variety of grapes? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, very good. Uh, Obviously, we're talking grape juice, sir. All right, grapes. I love grapes. And what I find fascinating about grapes is that they do come in those different colors and they do have different flavors. And we have preferences. Some of them we like, some of them we don't like quite so much. Uh, just like the sweets I gave out earlier, uh, they come in different wrappers, so you sort of know what's going to be inside. The wrapper is a good indication what's on the inside. And uh, that's why you often find people picking through the box and going, yeah, I don't like those. I'm going to go for that one. Uh, Thanks, Steve. Grapes have been around with us for a long time. People have been celebrating the grape harvest like this every year for 8,000 years. Wow, what a lot of birthdays and celebrations. And uh, that actually, it's not uh, the, the, um, the grape, is actually a berry, okay? And 72 million tons of these berries are grown each year worldwide. That's an amazing Amount of grapes and its amazing number of grape juice gallons as well. Okay, so grapes, quite significant. Uh, Thanks, Steve. This is what a grapevine looks like. Uh, I'm actually surprised to see them like trees because I never remember seeing a grape looking like a tree. Whenever I'd seen it, it was like a creeper growing in the greenhouse or something like that. And there are the bunches of green grapes that obviously are the least popular, but I'm sorry, I couldn't find a picture of the most popular red grapes. Okay, there they are, just sort of dangling in big bunches, just as you sometimes buy them from the supermarket. Um, in that reading that we had, at the beginning of that, Jesus said, I am the vine. Now, what an interesting phrase. I am a plant. Well, I, maybe I should have more respect for plants. But obviously, Jesus was saying, that, you know, like a vine, I, I sort of, I go along, I, I move along, I can spread. I need looking after. But of course, without the vine, you lose quite a lot of things. You lose the leaves. The leaves look very plush and You know, luscious, but they don't really do anything. You can't eat grape leaves. And sometimes we're really busy, busy, busy doing things for Jesus, but it's not really doing very much. Do you know what I mean? It's not like practically helping people. It's not demonstrating his love and real action. It looks amazing, and we feel jolly good. I go to the vine and I say, that must be growing well. It's got hundreds and hundreds of leaves. I can hardly get in the greenhouse for all these leaves. They're not doing anything. Okay, if you're a biologist, I know you'll be telling me it helps the plant convert the sunlight into sugar to grow, but we'll ignore that for the minute, please. You can't eat the leaves. Also, you need the flowers. Flowers look really pretty. You need the flowers for the bees to come to pollinate and to make the grapes. But again, you can't eat these particular flowers. No, what you need is the grapes. And you need these grapes to grow on the branches. I could go along to Tesco's, sorry, or Waitrose or Sainsbury's, uh, mutual advertising here, and I could buy a bunch of grapes, and I suppose I could try and sellotape them onto the vine. And then I could say to you, look at my grapevine, it's got all these, all these grapes on it. But you would say that's cheating. They're not growing on there, you've just sellotaped them on. Real fruits of the Spirit have to grow from Jesus, It's no good. You don't see an apple core going, Oh, pips! Oh, make pips! They just are there. They happen. And the pips grow into more plants, more apples. It's the Holy Spirit within us that makes our lives real for Jesus. You can't just sellotape bits on and say, Well, that must be good, because I've sellotaped it on. They have to grow from Jesus. So Jesus said... I'm the vine. I'm the plant. You are like the branches. Now, I I do like oak trees, ever so old, ever so big, you know. But the, they're really great for climbing. They're good trees for climbing. Uh, if you ever tried climbing like a pine tree or something like that, they're horrible. Prickly needles, you know, and uh, very difficult branches. So we are the branches. We're not just. Um, repetition we're not we're not just sort of you know there for for no purpose i mean the the vine Jesus said, needs lots of branches. We need to work in lots of different ways. If I'm painting, oh, sorry, that's a really horrible analogy to use for you folks, I'm sorry, because you're going to be facing a lot of painting, I know. But, you know, when you're painting, I have a sneaky feeling that you're, you know, the foreman, the person in charge, would be quite devastated if you said, well, I've given it a coat of undercoat, that's it, I've finished. And he will say, no, 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 sorry, you, you, you need the primer, then you need the undercoat, and then you need a top coat. And, uh, you know, even if you use a one-coat, it covers all. I, I've never bought one of those that actually works, have you? I mean, look at it and I go, ugh, I need another coat. And sometimes we have to just keep repeating things. So when you say, I'm sorry I broke the marmalade jar in the cupboard, or I'm sorry I upset your feelings, or I'm sorry I changed channel, or I'm sorry I spoiled your homework, maybe we have to then remember to say sorry for the next time we get something wrong rather than just thinking, well, I said sorry last week. Surely that's it for the month, isn't it? Breaking the bread of life into small pieces and feeding us little and often is how the Holy Spirit works in our lives. And as branches, it's no good saying, well, actually, I like the look of that big branch near the top, but I don't like those weedy ones near the bottom. Because those weedy ones near the bottom are going to become big branches in time to come. Those branches have to be connected to the tree. We as branches have to be connected to the vine, to Jesus, if people are going to see Jesus in our lives. You can see when the harvest is taking place. I'm sure this is America. Although if you watch Countryfile, you'll know that they've been talking recently about how big combine harvesters have got. And certainly when you go down our own country lanes, have you noticed how wide the gates are getting? Bigger and bigger. And that's not just because the farmer wants a bigger gate. It's because he needs a bigger gate to get the bigger machinery in to harvest the crops. When we're connected to Jesus, when the vine is growing well, they get loads of grapes. When we're connected to Jesus there's an abundance of crop, there are connections all over the place around us. There's the internet, there's wireless, there's Bluetooth, there's Facebook. But are they, are we connected to Jesus? The um, in our faith, is it strong, or does it waver? Does the Holy Spirit actually work within us, or do we just consign that to a slot called Sunday, or house group, or prayer meeting? Do we actually look at the Bible? I wonder how many of us, you know, great granny or granny or mummy or daddy have given us a fabulous children's Bible or a fabulous adult Bible and it sits there, pride of place. As you get to be an adult, I have to say, have you noticed how many Bibles you've got on your shelf? And the problem is, if we're not careful, they sit on the shelf. Uh, I find it quite funny now, in some church services, the number of people, when it comes to the Bible reading, get out their phones. And you'd think, now, are they really following the Bible reading on a Bible app or are they actually looking at their messages? I'm I'm sure none of you would do that. But we need to be connected, fully attentive, fully paying attention to Jesus. If the tractor driver doesn't drive at the right speed, what will happen? What's the tractor driver in this picture doing? Over here, what's he doing? apart from listening to the radio and probably following his GPS. Yeah, he's collecting the corn, isn't he? So he's cutting it, going in there, out here, and into his trailer. So what's going to happen if the tractor driver drives or stops? What's going to happen if he stops? Well, yeah, because the combine driver may not realize he stopped. He'll keep going, and all the corn will miss the trailer, and it will go all over the field. He has to pay attention. He has to work with the combine driver. We have to work with God, not intention against him. And that's why, thanks, Steve, uh, Jesus uh, said, yeah, when we are separated, when we're not with Jesus, he said we're like dead wood, like trees that have died, like wood thrown on the fire. He actually says we're useless. We're separated. A flower cut from a plant will soon die. Even if I put the little sachet of rose food in it when I buy the flowers, they don't live very long. And our spiritual journey stops when we stop being connected with Jesus. Um, If we think we're too clever, too smart for God, if we think we're too cool for God, if we rebel against God, if we have plenty of head faith but no heart faith, it all goes wrong. Jesus says he wants us to make our home with him. Uh, he doesn't want us to live in fragile barns that are supported by you know, material things or the love of possessions or you know, the importance of uh, just being seen to be cool. or all that. You know. He wants us to live in a firm house with firm foundations based on him living with him. Uh, we're approaching that time, of course, when it will soon be carnival time. And I've, uh, I've noticed from when I was working in Bridgewater, there are no, f- there are no um, fans in Bridgewater of carnival. They are ardent followers. Families have known to be divided if people in the same family join different carnivals. and uh, you work for carnival club all year round. Raising money and doing things and making costumes—you know—it's a whole. It's a, it's a, it's a big thing, just like, say, football is in the. What kind of branch are you? What kind of fruit do people see in you? Are you a fan of Jesus, or are you a dedicated follower? How do we? Go this? And I suppose one of the things I have to say is: Are you on board with Jesus? Are you ready for the ride? Because it's going to be fantastic. It might be a bit bumpy. There will be times when you don't know what's coming up, but it is a fantastic journey, and um, living new lives each day, uh, proving our growing maturity by the fruit we produce. Hopefully, uh, sometimes on a vine you have to trim out some grapes so that they grow bigger and juicier. We need to trim out from our lives the bits that are irrelevant, the bits that we've given undue precedence towards. We know about um, Charis. We heard about the work that they're doing. But um, that that ideal of supporting one family for two years, um, in their statement of belief, they talk about the fruit of the spirit, fruit from the vine. Those are the sorts of things we should be demonstrating. Remember, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are the things that people should see in us, not just at harvest time, but every time. Now, to help us think about that, I need... I'm running out of time, but I do need three or four volunteers. Any volunteers at this stage in the service? Right. Now, the great news for you is... I'm going to empower you because this is where the adults normally sit there going, I'm glad I'm not a young person. I can sit here quite happily. So I'd like you to go and find an adult to help you. You can choose any adult. Choose an adult. Pick on somebody. All right? Hmm. Go and grab them. Right. Uh, they, it would help if they're... There's a clue. Right. What I'd like you to do... <laughs> If we could have the next slide, please. Uh, Find, very quickly, find a little space. It might be in the pews over there. Young people, what I'd like you to do is to make uh, something to do with harvest. Uh, It could be a pumpkin, an apple, a loaf, uh, anything you like from some Play-Doh. But because harvest is about people, I'd like your grown-up to use the pipe cleaners to try and make a person a stick man or woman to go with the thing that you have created and then we'll put them on the table down here okay so can you take all of those and I should, should get the back? yeah go go and work at the back okay um there's some more pipe cleaners I have more play-doh if if you've run out I suddenly You're seem right. to have got a whole horde of volunteers and then we'll gently please put our offerings here on the table all right Things to think about Harvest, people connecting. And whilst they're doing that, and you've got about four minutes, folks, all right? So this is a, you know, two-minute or instant lock-in type game. Uh, We're going to look at a video clip, which is a, a, a parody on a particular music style, but maybe gives you some ideas of how you could celebrate Harvest and what you might want to think about at this Harvest time. This has got to be the first time I've ever taken an offering in both a pig and gift bags, all right? But isn't that just typical of how God works? He doesn't care about the packaging. He doesn't care what you or I look like. He cares about what's inside us. So, Lord Jesus, we pray you would bless these gifts inside these containers. Use them for the furtherance of your kingdom as you would direct, whether it's abroad whether it's in the wider county or country that we live in, or whether it's here in this very place. Bless them and use them, we ask in Jesus' name. And thank you for each giver of time, talent, and money. In Jesus' name, amen.